If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Chris Belton, and he has quite a bio. Wow. So many accomplishments. He's amazing. Chris is a founder and principal of his own financial services business, which he started in 1999. He leads and trains hundreds of agents across the U.S. and has helped thousands of people learn how money works and experience financial relief. What an amazing mission. He's a top agent at his company out of tens of thousands of agents in North America. He has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, Market Watch, NASDAQ, Yahoo Finance. You're their go-to person, aren't you? That's amazing. They're desperate for people. So. Word gets around. That's amazing. Good. <laughs> no, more than that. Come on. All US good. News and World Report. You're, you're being humble now. So that's nice. It's a good quality too. Uh, so it's a, he's a leader in one of the largest financial services firms in the United States. Chris is also a co-author with his wife. I actually asked if his wife was coming. That's so amazing. Of Couples Money, a book which he wrote with Marlo, his wife, and they were able to quadruple their business in a few short years during the Great Recession and overcome serious financial struggles. So they share their money secrets as well as those of numerous financially independent business owners they interviewed for the book. That's great. People have discovered how to overcome financial limitations in a simple, non-nonsense approach that has worked for so many. Chris and Marlo are also Amazon best-selling authors of Prosperity Factor, co-authored with Joe Vitale. Welcome, Chris. It is awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And also, I wanted to say we are Colorado locals. Where do you live in Colorado? Uh, Castle Pines Village, Colorado. So kind of Castle Rock area. Castle Rock. I know that area. I am just a few hours away. I'm in Lafayette, Colorado. Okay. Okay. I I grew up in Loveland, Colorado State grad. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Lafayette's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We moved here just before the pandemic in 2019. So we moved from LA and I grew up in Alaska. So I'm used to this climate and loved it. And we have family here. So that's what brought us here to Colorado. But I noticed that you have uh, another business. Shout out Colorado, right? Is that another business or did you get featured in that? Um, That was that was just a feature they did. on me whenever that was. Oh, uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What were you like as a child growing up in Loveland? 
Did you have a love <clears throat> for the snow? We're having a snowstorm now. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, just kind of normal, you know, kind of maybe lower middle class upbringing. Um, you know, my, my parents, uh, were awesome, you know, did the best they could. And, you know, but, um, you know, part, part of my mission is, you know, they, they never really learned how money worked mm. and, you know, they, they, they basically, you know, they, they both died broke, um, mm. way too early, but, um, no, Loveland was great and great upbringing and great community and still have, you know, lots of, lots of friends from that, uh, from that world. So yeah, no, it was, it was a great place to, uh, to grow up for sure. Yep. That's amazing. Now, in growing up, did you ever realize any patterns or things like comments your mom or your dad would say um, that may not have aligned with what you believe now? Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a tremendous amount of 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 things um, that I had to, um, you know uh, change. Um, and you know, the, the pervasive theme, and that's a lot of the work I do is, you know, just checking our internal stories around everything and what we buy from our parents, because we just have to buy their stuff. And, um, but, but, but everything was around it, it being hard and difficult. And, um, you know, I, I use the word victim, a lot and that that brings a strong response out of people but really to me it's just you know you're you're ran by your external environment it's not meant to be a you know you're you're a bad person but basically it's an an outside in way of living and it's just a, a reactive way of living and that's you know that's pretty much you know that was that was the way my parents lived and that's the way I lived for for many decades until I found a better way, but it was, it was all, you know, around money. It was hard. Money's difficult. Mm. Um, rich people are really bad people. Um, mm. you know, just that programming and then, you know, society kind of lobs on there and, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's one of the reasons they why perpetuate very, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, one, one of the very few reasons why, you know, we live in the richest country on the planet, but just about everybody's broke, unfortunately. So that's interesting. That's an interesting statistic. I, I didn't realize that that makes sense. And then, so going along your journey, what did you go to college for? Uh, accounting. So mm -hmm. yeah, accounting and then, you know, graduated and I spent you know, seven years in corporate America being a CPA before I kind of launched my entre entrepreneurial venture. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Studied hard, went a lot of debt. American dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I know. It's funny because a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, you need to go to college, but they don't really talk about the ramifications of that, like especially med school and law school, some of those schools where you have to carry on your education to actually practice. I mean, you can be in debt for years before paying it off. You know, do you ever get into that with your clients? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we 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 have some pretty good uh, student debt solutions. But yeah, it's um, it's ginormous. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, my. Uh, um, 
not not getting you know super technical, but it, you know inflation's kind of the word of the day. Everybody wants to talk about it, um, but inflation's been north of eight to nine percent for decades, mm-hmm. and real wage growth is about three percent. So you do the math. Um, if you're not an entrepreneur, it's hard to keep up. But no, I I, I talked to. Uh, two awesome ladies that were 2019 graduates from Colorado State University and their debt was five times my debt and the amount of money they were making was not even double my first offer that I got in 1993. Mm -hmm. So un believable amount of debt to not be making really any money. I mean, it it was just Mm -hmm. shocking. So yeah, huge, huge problems there. So that's Mm. why you see a lot of people opting out and uh, just choosing the entrepreneurial route and figuring it out. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great option for people. I, I know my parents never really thought about educating me on that, on, on being an entrepreneur. I kind of just came to it myself and just wanting more freedom. I didn't really think about, you know, making more money, but I did, but it just naturally uh, flowed because of that core value I had of having more freedom in my life, having more flexibility. So what about your wife? You guys seem really in alignment. I mean, business partners, co-authors, that's really exceptional, I would say. I mean, you don't see a lot of that. How did you meet your wife? Um, you know, just I met, met her through the business. So um, she, you know, my, my agency, we're, we're always looking for good people. And she wanted to exit, exit the uh, kind of radio advertising sales world and um, met her. Um, I was, you know, in the middle of a divorce when I met her. And the moment I met her, I knew I was in big trouble. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the agent that introduced her to the to the to our firm after I did her interview, um, which was in a bar. So that I'll tell you where my mindset was, um, you know, many decades ago. Yeah. Um, I called I called my agent Sarah up and I said, keep her away from me. Keep her away from me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, you probably did not want a relationship at that time. No. In the middle of divorce. <laughs> no. And it was it was a month later and she put she's not here to defend herself, but she put the <laughs> she put the full court press on me. And um Oh, yeah, she, she was interested in you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and we got to keep this G-rated, but she um, she pulled out Why? all the stops, and if she was right here, she would be shaking her head. And as my friend said after he left the party where we first connected, um, <laughs> you connect the dots, audience. Yeah, yeah. He he said so. Yeah, you you were you were the antelope, and she was the she was the lion. Like he he read it. Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that's uh, so basically I say she seduced me. That's that's my story. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. But there was more to her, obviously. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was extremely. Um, yeah, that was 
that was an instantaneous like you knew spark. even just oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i had i had i had it. something to do with it but um yeah she, yeah she just was the like aggressor sending your energy out maybe a little bit <laughs> oh yeah that's interesting Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so tell me about your book, Couples Money. What inspired you to write it? Did you have your own journey with your wife? Yeah, I mean, quite a journey. So um, so I I was in a, you know, kind of a leadership position in my entrepreneurial financial services business. She comes in you know, we fall in love, get married. And I had gone through a very expensive divorce um, and literally had to accumulate several hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card debt to pay her off, um, keep the doors open. I mean, it was, it was a total mess. Oh, wow. And my That's kids, amazing that someone can get away with that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, it, it, it's all, it's I mean, I, I, sure. yeah, yeah, I agree to it. And, and her and I are, you know, phenomenal because you know, now my kids are 21 and 18, but back then they were three and one. Oh, wow. And, really and young. Really young. They moved in and settled in Atlanta, Georgia. And Marlo thinks I know what I'm doing because I'm a CPA and I'm a financial advisor, but she did not know what was going on. And because my belief systems around money were whacked, it didn't really matter that I was a CPA and financial advisor. I was sabotaging my money situation and had this expensive divorce. So basically she, she stepped into a mess that she didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to merge our money and merge our finances. And I just kept, avoiding it, it off, making yeah. excuses. Yeah. And this was um, after you were married, right? Yeah. She so wanted yeah, to so, merge it. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're married. She doesn't know because I'm on a, I'm on a stupid office lease. Like I'm, I'm on the lease. Great recession, alimony, child support, 5,200 bucks a month. Um, the lease is sucking me dry and literally I'm just keeping the doors open because I'm just pulling debt, pulling debt, pulling debt, not, Anyway, and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing to grow my business and living on what I call hopium. <laughs> like, <hoping. laughs> I never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I coined it, but it's. Yes, uh, I've never heard that. Yeah. Heard hoping that. things get better while I insist on remaining the same. And so I'm like, I don't know. I need to go talk to God. So like we're living in this really horrible home in central Denver. It's the middle of February. It's freezing outside, but it's so small. And the only place I can get quiet is go sit in my car and I'm sitting in my car meditating. And, you know, the download from God comes in and it's like, let her manage the money. <laughs> I mean, it was, that it was, was like, not what you expected to hear from no, God, it was huh? it was clear and I, I didn't understand intuition and, and the mm -hmm. and the necessary need to move on it really quick before your ego starts destroying the idea and talking you out of it. But I got my butt up, I walked in, I told her it's all yours, 
and I handed, you know, everything over to her and we, we, we got organized, but then it was a week later and I'm in the kitchen, I'm doing dishes and I just felt the presence <laughs> right? of her, of her. <laughs> or <And> God. <laughs> yeah. And well, God. God, God saved me from, from dying that day, but I, I, um, I look up and there's just this look on her face of like, what the hell is going on? She's like, what is, what did you do? That was her question. Uh That was her statement and her question. It was like, what did you do? I'm like, did what? She's like, you're, we're $250,000 in credit card debt. We're broke. We're three to 4,000 negative cash flow every month. We need to meet. So I called the come to Marlowe meeting and we had the come to Marlowe meeting, which was, you know, awesome. Not. And she introduced a four letter word called the budget, which I know is not four letters, but it was, it was a four letter word to me. And I just, she was trying to get it across to me that, we needed to make changes. And, and one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. I was just delusional. Um, and then, you know, fast forward six months into the future. Now we're in a, a rented home and I'm in front of my wife out of money. Mm-hmm. And I got to pay my ex-wife 5,200 bucks the next day. And this is how smart I am. I have to convince my wife to give me the money to pay my ex-wife. How do you think that went? You didn't get it. Well, I had to, I had, I had to get it, but there was a tremendous amount of pain and volcanic Marlowe is not pretty. And she, uh, she lost it, threw her purse at me. We call it the purse throwing story. She threw her purse at me, broke some stuff, cussed me out. And then I said, well, why are we still married? <laughs> That's a, a good point. Yeah. Good question. And she looked at me, the fight stopped and she went upstairs to figure that out. And then it was clear as day to me. It was a, an enlightening moment of I created the whole mess all of it all of it i created the first divorce i created Mm -hmm. this situation Mm -hmm. and it was literally the first time and you know wherever i wherever i had a problem i was always there and it was literally the first time i was like dude you've done all you created all this and it was actually the first time in my life i took 100 responsibility for the mess and uh, so that was the bottoming out. And uh, and then there was uh, a lot of work that had to happen after that. But, um, you know, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal transformation as a couple financially, spiritually, physically. I mean, everything, everything changed from that point. But that was uh, that was my back against the wall it was pretty, pretty ugly. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that story. And I mean, some of the behaviors that she did may have felt unexpected and like maybe you didn't want to be with someone like that or you understood her throwing the purse and it seems like you laugh at it now. 
Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, um, you know, to, to her, to her credit, she went upstairs and figured out, you know, should she stay or should she go? And she focused on the good things in me mm-hmm. that she did not want to lose. And I did the same, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, I mean, it was, it was stressful. It was bad. Um, and, you know, her stress created resentment in me. I mean, it was kind of a vicious cycle, but, um, you know, we just made a decision as a couple, like, we're not going to declare bankruptcy. We're not going to get divorced. We're not going to go get jobs. We're going to, we're going to dig in and and figure, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And the work I had to do is I had to figure out how my mentality was continuing to create broke. Mm. And, and that's, and that's the work I did. And I went all in on that. Like, uh, I say, I say like an Olympic athlete would do a sport. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was my approach to figuring out how to change my mentality around money. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. Did she already have this mentality around money or she wanted to change as well? Yeah, no, I mean, she, she went, she kind of went through the rough, the rough, like overspending and tons of debt and, um, you know, years before I met her. And so she kind of scared herself straight and she got it together and she got super hyper-focused on saving money, which is, that's what was irritating was she had saved money and here I am going, Hey, let's pay my ex-wife because I'm a jackass. And I can't figure it out. Right. And she's like, mm-hmm. what is your problem? So, so she, she was good. I was the mess. I created it. Um, but what she did to kind of up level that is, is, and that was the next day when we had our meeting is she said, Hey, I'm going to, you're going to work on your mindset. I'm going to reach out to my wealthy couple connections. And these are, you know, multimillionaires, but not only wealth, financially their marriages were strong they mm. built stuff from ground from you know together they had great families they had you know spiritual life everything they had wealth in all areas of their life she went and interviewed them and then she'd come back and say this is what they do this is what they think and then we started applying that i'm changing my belief systems and you know it wasn't wasn't overnight but you know a transformation um occurred. Mm. So that's, that's what she brought to the party. Yeah, that's great. And then did you go to any workshops or read any books? Um, I know your wife brought back the wisdom from the wealthy couples, which is amazing to have that resource and, and also to have and find people that have a satisfying relationship and uh, a spiritual side. I mean, that's just wonderful. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm, I'm a personal development, you know, freak. So I, um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I've done a tremendous amount have invested a lot of money in it. Um, but kind of my, my baseline was, um, if you've heard of PSI seminars, Psy seminars. So Psy is, uh, pretty amazing um 
it's you know tied all the way back to Napoleon Hill's original work with Think and Grow Rich. Oh, great! Um, Bob Proctor was a, uh, a a huge contributor to their to their programs, and everything was experiential. Um, it wasn't like lecture based because how you would do an exercise with them is how you would do your life. And so when you go through exercises, I, you don't do an exercise, your programming, your paradigms do the exercise. So it was, mm. okay, well, how you did this is how you approach life. Is it working for you or is it not? So that was, you know, kind of a foundational piece. And then I hired a coach for four years, um, who had been a facilitator for Psy and he worked with me, you know, one-on-one -on -one and, and Marlo and, uh, was, uh, a, a huge catalyst to creating focus. And he, he just, he knew how to work with me because we were speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I could probably list, you know, 50, money mentality books that I read and, um, oh, wow. and still, and still reading. And, yeah. um, as you know, you're either growing or dying. So if you're not intentional about your growth, you're usually going in reverse. So have done a tremendous amount of work. Yes. Mm, that's great. That's great. And, and to just be vulnerable and, and to hand everything over to your wife, because, maybe intuitively you knew something like this would happen. Like, you know, she would be mad and then you'd have to like either like break up or get over it and improve. So it's very brave. You know, there's a few workshops that I was thinking of uh, money and you, have you heard of that one? Uh, Doria Cordova. Um, that one. I have, I have heard of that. You've heard of that. Yeah. Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, okay. a, a lot of the, uh, the great speakers that we know now that that was their base. T. Harv mm. Ecker. Mm -hmm. um, Huge fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. Millionaire Mind. And yeah, yeah. He had a yeah. lot of great workshops. So then you took what you learned and are you putting it into your book, Couples Money? Tell me a little bit about the book and, and why our audience might want to buy it. Yeah, I mean, um, so we so we wrote that book in 2011. So it's been it's been a bit right. So the, so the concepts um, are in, you know, the book and it's 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 how to's it's mindset um, and it's, it's, it's an easy read and it's a chapter, you know, and, and so it's a chapter topic and then it's her perspective and then my perspective. So, you know, so hers and his, so, um, and then there's, you know, there's action steps at the end of, end of the chapter, but I'm, I'm putting the fine, the, my final touches on, you know, kind of my, my work of the last, you know, 15 years of growth and development, um, that should be ready for pre-sale February 1st of 2023. Of a and, new one? Yeah, a new one's called, it's called Think and Grow You. Oh and, my gosh, it's so similar to Think and Grow Rich. And, and is it applying some of those principles, Napoleon it, Hill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, you know, and so I started writing it last November and um, I, I have a mentor who, um, has written some of the best personal development books I've ever read. One is uh, how rich people think. Mm. 
Remember, I got it. So, so the author's name that is seems Stacey. important. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's think. amazing book. Um, he yeah. wrote a he wrote another book that's one of the longest titles on the planet, but it's the, <laughs> you're it's gonna the, say it. I'm gonna say it, it because everybody needs to get it. It's called the 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class. So, oh, I love that. How is it that I've never heard of that? That's yeah. So, so, so the author's name is Steve Siebold. He's um sold you know, 3 million books. He's, you know, million dollar a year speaker guy. Anyways, a friend of mine, his mentor. So he reached out to me almost a year ago and he's like, I've heard you speak enough. You got to get your book out. So yeah, a book that just you write. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and, and the title is the hardest to come up with, at least for me, and we were going back and forth and joking around. And he said, well, how about Think and Grow You? Not from a takeoff of copying Napoleon Hill. He's like, that's actually what you did. Yeah, you it's totally your own story. Yeah, yeah. So basically what it is, is it's 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 written in, there, there's there's five different sections. And I'll, just, I'll be brief on it because I know we don't have a lot of time, but it's, you know, the, the, the first step of having transformation is getting out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And so you've heard some of that today, but like, what do you do to get out of your own way? Mm-hmm. Because we get in our own way. Um, what do you do? Can you give a tip <laughs> before you go on to the next thing? Well, no, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's kind it's of 10 different, con- okay. 10 different concepts that I cover in there of like, okay. you know, what was the process that I did to stop worrying Right. And so, oh, so that's amazing. So it's kind of like, so it, it, and what it is, is it's, you know, it's a concept that's two to 300 words. And so it's simple teaching. And then there's a quote and there's a resource that I use to, to change. And then there's an action step that I actually did. And then there's a personal story that's three to 400 words behind it that supports what I'm teaching. To, to, to prove that I'm not just copying somebody's work and rewriting it. Yeah. So, you know, but there's also, you know, I cover forgiveness. I mean, mm. it's because it's very spiritual. It, it's kind of all of it, right? It's, mm. it's, there's money, there's spirituality, there's, there's how to's and game planning, but, but basically it's, it's the concepts that, kind of changed my world and changed my life and my point of view on things that people have heard, but it's my point of view on them. Okay. It's, it's very much, um, it's very raw. It's very relatable. And it's very much me going, I was a jackass. I recognized it. I did this change. And then here's the result I got. That's basically how my whole storytelling is, is laid out. So it, it'll give people, a feeling that, yep, I, he's speaking to me, so to speak. And, and it's not necessarily about getting through the book. They can look at the table of contents and say, okay, well, what did, what did Chris say about, you know, forgiveness? What did Chris say about worrying? What did Chris say about setting goals? What was those action steps? So, so the idea is it'll be an ongoing resource for people that when they get stuck, which that's my that's my goal of the book, is to help people get unstuck. 
then they have a resource they can go to and apply something and, and create forward movement in their life anyway. So, well, that's exciting. And so that will be out in January. So we can look out for that. Um, so probably pre-sales February 1st. So oh, February. Okay. I'm, I'm in the middle of, of the whole book launch thing, but the, the website, which will be up, that'll be up early January. Um, thinkgrowyou.com mm-hmm. is the website. And when people pre-purchase the book, there's lots of really good bonuses. Like I'm basically throwing yeah. in all our couples money content for free for early, early bonuses for people. Oh there's yeah. Really Everybody needs to buy that. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's a, a good way to become a bestseller. It, that process that you're doing Yeah. Um, to package it, pre-sell it. That's that's incredible. Okay. I do want to touch on Joe Vitale because I love him and you guys wrote a book together. I mean, that is amazing. That is a dream come true for me. So how did you guys meet him and end up writing Prosperity Factor? Um. So do you know who, who Dan Locke is? It sounds familiar, but I don't know uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. So we got, we got introduced to Dan. Um, and dance, dance, pretty big deal in personal development space, kind of sales mentality space. Mm. So we got on his podcast um, and he, he was looking for authors to participate in that, in that project with Joe. So oh, we were, that's amazing. We were, we were fortunate to, um, you know, get in there and kind of share what we did, but yeah, no, I, I love, uh, I love Joe. So I, yeah. I, I, I pull him up on Twitter every day and watch his, his one minute. He's got a one minute just video taken from a podcast. And he just, I love, I love the mentality and what he creates. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, that is. Okay. So I just wanted to shift to some advice to our audience. So what does it mean to set a goal to you and like achieving a goal or just setting it like how do you go from setting to achieving it yeah um you know i i think um what i think what people do a lot is they set a goal and they think that goal setting is a logical thing and they try to hit their goals by logic and it doesn't really work Mm. And, and, and I got some of this in my new book too, about the mistakes I made in that world. And, um, you got to really have the emotional drivers and the emotional reasons for doing it. And people hear this, but it's some of the hardest work on the planet to sit down and really take the time to think about what you want, why you want it. And so what my wife and I had to do was, when we were broke as a joke, we set a savings goal and it was humongous from where we were. It was Mount Everest. We'd never saved that amount of money ever. I had never even come close. And I wanted to spreadsheet it out and map it out and do all those things and get my strategy going and, you know, all those things. And my coach is like, you need to, you guys need to talk about why. And so we did. And 
the first thing is, as I asked her, I'm like, why is this important to you? She's like, I hate financial stress. I hate how it feels. I hate, and, and it was, there was noticeable things on her skin of just the stress and all that. And, you know, I never wanted to have another fight with her around money as long as I lived. That was very emotional for me. Um, I wasn't able to see my kids because they lived in Atlanta. I'm in Colorado because I didn't have the money. That was painful. Oh, right? God, was, that was, that was pain, painful. Yeah. I mean, it's all come around significantly well, but so yeah. we just spent a lot of time speaking about that. And if you're trying to get from point A to point B and you have your Ferrari or whatever your car choice is, you know, the car's worthless without gas. And if you don't put the reasons into the tank, which is the fuel for the vehicle to get you to point B, you're never going to get anywhere. And then the second thing we did is we reduced it to very, very small targets along the way. And we aimed at that. We didn't aim at Mount Everest. We aimed at base camp one and put all our, all our energy there and it was doable. And then you start creating momentum and it's powerful what you can do. So anyway, those are just some things that work for us. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's great advice because, uh, so I believe in the energy behind it and like connecting with the field of abundance and the quantum field, because I, I do believe that anything is possible if we can connect in and have that driven reason why. So, so I, I think it's great to know your story, but how does someone go about changing their mindset? I mean, do you think that maybe the first step is having awareness? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, yeah, that's, that's always the first step. And it's, it's actually in um, Steve's 177 book, uh, the, the world-class operates from um what's called metacognition, which is the ability to think about what you think about. And so most people have no idea what they think about. <laughs> they don't, right? It's, it's right. 91% of our thoughts today are the same as yesterday. And they don't, they don't really make the connection that their thinking creates their whole world. And I didn't either. Um, but, you know, for me, the first step, if I wanted to change my money situation, was I got a journal, I sat my butt down, I wrote the word money at the top of the page, and then I wrote down everything I made up about that topic. Because mm. as you know, we're storytellers. We make up stuff. And so... When I, when I wrote everything down, it was like making money's hard. It's difficult. Rich people stink. Like within 30 minutes, I'm like, well, that's why I'm broke. Because that thinking is creating broke. So my job was, I'm making it sound easy, was to rewrite a different story. And for me, it was doing the work of a continual affirmation of the story and anytime the old story would pop up it's called the law of substitution i substituted the thought with the thought that i wanted and it's it's 
it's work, but eventually the old story fell off and the new story took root. So. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that's how you created the awareness is journaling, writing it down. And how could you create the new beliefs? So what about financially? What's the first thing people need to do uh, financially? Do you feel like it's similar to what you did in journaling? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it, it is understanding first and foremost, what are my beliefs? And do they serve me or not? And, and I think people have four to five ongoing stories that don't really serve them. And they don't even know that they're in the background. Mm, what are so, some of those stories? Um, I mean, I, I, I just, I think, I mean, I think they're similar. I think it's, it's hard to make, hard to keep, hard to save. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think there is a pervasive, um, and I think it's cultural and I think it's just my opinion. It's worse than ever. Uh, it's probably because of social media. I think people believe they can get something for nothing and they don't have to put in the work. And if they do, then they don't know if it's going to be worth it. Mm. Right. Which is, is kind of my pervasive message in my book, which is um, be willing to change, do the work. It's worth it. And I think a lot of people battle, is it really going to be worth doing the mm. work? And it absolutely is worth it. So, uh, you know, and, and I also think they believe that they're going to turn into somebody they're not if they became wealthy. Yeah. Or maybe their friends wouldn't like them anymore. Yep. And uh, all that. Or, or the family, you know, might, who, who knows, try to get money out of them or think of them differently. Because I think that can happen with a lot of wealthy people. If people know that they're wealthy, like I have a, a couple of billionaire mentors and, and one is a female, one's a male. And, um, with a female, she, she is so, she, she feels so deeply and she is so connected. And it's just like a lot of people just want to get something out of her. And, and it's, and I think it can be challenging once people put you in that category, but it just depends. Like how are, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to channel that energy? Are you going to let it get to you? Or are you going to transmute it into something positive? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I also think you get what you expect. And mm -hmm. so there's probably something that she's expecting that to happen. Um, yeah. I don't I don't get any of that. Not, not that I'm a billionaire, but but, you know, I don't I don't get any of yeah, that. But because, you do well financially yeah. and you're in the public eye. So people. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not I'm not throwing out the vibe that like, oh, come to me, come to me with your broke story and I'll save you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because I also send out the, I send out the energy that, um, I'm empathetic, but I'm not sympathetic. And, you know, it, it, and I had one family member do that one time. And I just said, I, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they got hurt feelings over and all that, but, you know, I wasn't serving them by kicking the can down the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not about, I don't like rescuing people. 
And mm, it doesn't you know, serve them ultimately, right? Never, never, never serves them. Um, I mean, we are very like, I, I mean, uh, philanthropic. I, I love causes and, you know, we're all about that anyway. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's all that and we could mm -hmm. probably come up with hundreds of reasons. It's just people need to become aware of how they are blocking the wealth because mm -hmm. I've been broke. We're better off now. I prefer this <laughs> than yeah. the financial stress that came from broke and also watching how that wrecked my family. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's worth some of the issues that might come with it, but mm -hmm. I also don't believe that you should be expecting problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in a certain sense, you can create that reality uh, if you're yeah. sending out that energy or whatever it might be. So how did your relationship with your children improve, if any, and how is it now? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, the um, and I think I have this quote in, in my new book, but, you know, when I was searching for evidence that it was going to be worth it, um, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm a Christian and, you know, was, was looking for, you know, some, some, ver some validation there. And it was a Billy Graham quote blew me away. And he said, once you get your attitude straight around money, it'll help straighten out every area of your life. Mm. My Lord, that could be a whole podcast episode right there, sister. <laughs> like once, because I, because I had to forgive my ex. I had to forgive myself. I had to go through all this spiritual work. And what happened is our prosperity increased, but I have more energy at 51 than I did at 31 because I don't, I don't carry around all the baggage and mm. guilt and all that stuff. And then what happened is my, my health got better. My spirituality got better, mm. but my relationship with my kids became um, incredible and phenomenal. And I also tell a story in the book about my ex-wife marrying her husband and how I had to accept that really quick or I was going to create a freaking disaster. Yeah. And so that's a whole, um, that chapter is called, um, be done with it. Mm -hmm. And, and I get the exercises in there and how I let go of that. And the fact that they loved him and another man was raising my kids, but I got over it real quick and the blessings that have come from that a whole nother podcast, but, uh... but just, just amazing you, amazing things and she deserves to be married to him versus having stayed with me mm -hmm. her, her life wouldn't have been near as good mm. as it is today he loves her infinitely more than i ever did oh boy seriously and yeah he, they're they're phenomenal and, yeah. he, and he's awesome so oh, my kids have so watched sweet. yeah my kids have watched how forgiveness and letting go of things mm-hmm Anyway, yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. So we're, we're great. They're coming here, you know, next week for Thanksgiving. Uh, time and, I love and, it. He's uh, like your brother, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all good. 
So good. So what is Zen success to you? Zen success. Mm -hmm. What's Zen success to me? Um, I, I think that we come here and we want to contribute. We want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. And I believe we want to have peace. And, you know, there's, there's definitely wealthier people than me. There's more successful people than me. Um, but one of the things I, I point back to most is not that I don't have challenges or problems or any of that stuff. I don't have to grow and develop. I have not arrived. I am not a guru, but I have a tremendous amount of peace in my life on, on all fronts. And it's awesome. Mm, that's amazing. I feel a little bit of a pastor in you. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> um, You're pretty inspiring. I, I have gotten that, but yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you, learning about you and your wife's book, Couples Money, and your upcoming book, Think and Grow You. And I'll put your website and how to buy your books in the show notes. So thank you for being on my show today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, sister. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.